1: Episode two hundred and eight of forty going on fourteen. I am Mike.
2: I am Patrick.
1: I'm Joel,
3: and I'm Josh. And now we're doing the Freaky Friday episode. I'd kind of hoped this morning I'd woke up. I'd woken up swapped with a body of someone who wanted to talk about Freaky Friday.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. Spoilers.
3: It's going to be a rough <laughs> couple, like ninety minutes, guys. But wait, know, it could be fun
1: who's our who's our final guest for September could it possibly be
2: I'm alive
1: it's Patrick
2: <laughs> alive
1: despite mother nature trying to kill him all month
2: yep he's still here I survived the hurricane and all subsequent attempts to take me out he's like so our... that
0: will be referred to as Gloria gainer for mm-hmm. this episode
1: he's our own little Gloria gainer well, if you like Gloria
3: Gaynor, <laughs> then you'll probably like the shows on the Podcast Collective, including No Hope for Humanity, Dating Baggage, I Am Salt Lake, The
1: Empty Rant Podcast, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour. Yes, and if you are looking for something to listen to at 12 noon on Saturdays, our new shows post on Geek Life Radio. You can listen to us there, and you can find our older stuff on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, and other high-quality and low-quality podcast directories.
2: Red, Dad! Wee, 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 wee.
0: Is that how it goes?
2: I don't know. It should. If it doesn't...
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to send him a little letter.
3: <laughs> so that's what you've been
0: missing
1: the last three weeks, folks. Yep.
0: We have a suggestion, back, baby.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, if you'd like to give us some commentary on the return of Pat, that's 708 now Rap. Send him back. <laughs> Bring back the hurricane. Uh,
2: Remember, Pat?
1: <laughs> 708-669-9727. And this week we have feedback, I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The as promised
3: last week, the uh, voicemail from Brian the Wine Guy. Yes. So you know, let's see
1: what Brian the Wine Guy has to say.
2: Brian the Wine Guy here.
3: Just got to say, as far as the Wonder Woman episode goes, your show art, you had one opportunity to put Patrick's face photoshopped over
1: Wonder Woman's body, and you failed to take it. Very disappointed.
3: So wait, it'd be Linda Carter's head and Pat as the body? I have an entire directory of nothing but that. I have missed (laughs) nothing, sir.
1: Yes,
2: that's our that's our (laughs) fetish. I don't know what you're talking about. Very unique fetish and very specific. Pat's head on specific than you'd think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a subreddit for it. Believe it or not, it's called (laughs) Pat's Head.
3: I believe that's tab twenty-two. Subscribe to our (laughs) Pat (laughs) Woman.
1: Ah, oh, so yeah. Is it about that time? I think it is. <laughs> this week in... Music. Movies. And
0: TV. And sports.
2: And <laughs> sports.
1: Fantastic.
2: Pet woman!
1: <laughs> Alright, so this week, the... Uh, is first of no. I God, why don't I write January? What the hell? What? I it's not for, January? No, it is January, but for a moment there I wasn't able to read dates.
2: Yeah, <laughs> They're like not me. Roman numerals, Mike. You I, should be able to handle it. I should. What am
1: I drinking? God <laughs> not enough.
2: <laughs> this is pure <laughs> ethanol. <laughs> I'm
1: drinking rubbing alcohol. Uh, so it's January twenty first, nineteen seventy seven was a release of the original Freaky Friday.
0: All uh, right. Yeah. Music. The top songs of the week are number three, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing by Leo Sayre, number two, Car Wash by Rose Royce, and number one, I Wish by Stevie Wonder. That
2: was a great top three. Yeah, it really Subtitled,
0: is. I Could See.
3: In other news, I wish every song was Car Wash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I fucking love that song. I don't know. Leo Sayre, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. That's some good stuff right there.
2: You make me feel like dancing. Dancing night away. Wait, no, he didn't oh, no, say I'm
1: dancing.
0: Oh wait, that's uh, jive talking. Sorry.
2: Yes. Yeah. Right. I wish is a great song though. By yeah. Stevie it Wonder. Is. I My wish. Second, I see. second favorite Stevie Wonder song.
1: I I find it hard to. I mean, even his bad stuff, it's like it's Stevie Wonder. You know, i I'll His bad
2: stuff is 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 his 80s stuff. <clears throat> We've had this discussion before. I
0: think. Uh, are we talking about I called to say I love you? I just called. Yes. Yeah.
2: And part-time lover.
1: <clears throat> do do not
2: do, do, do no. Do, 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 do. Shut up. Do
1: not diss on part-time lover.
2: Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, you went there.
1: Okay. It may not be
3: the best example to completely disprove your 80s unified theory, <laughs> but it's a pretty compelling evidence. And I will find something that will blow that theory out of the water.
2: You haven't yet. You've had four years.
3: That's because I'm incredibly lazy. <laughs> Part time of everything. Anyway.
0: Uh January twentieth, Jimmy Buffett's Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes is released, featuring the biggest single of his career, Margaritaville. What a crap
3: artist.
2: Hey, I like Jimmy Buffett.
3: Really? Yeah, I like yeah. Margaritaville.
2: Come Monday is a great song. Son of a son That's of a okay. sailor.
1: There's I mean, his his stuff, his good stuff is pretty good, his bad stuff is you can at least hum to it. You know. Yeah, I mean he is a very like
3: middle aged surfer bum. But like if that's a niche that needed to be
1: filled, he did it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he's made a ass ton of money.
1: Yeah, restaurants. And he's got a cheeseburger in paradise. Yeah. Restaurants, his own beer. Come on, the guy's for even if you consider his song crap, Joel, come on, he's definitely made bank on it.
0: No, I, I can't. I can't deny that. And he, I mean, he's got those parrot heads, you know, completely sto- stonewalled. Well, stop, that's the word I'm looking stop. for. Stop.
1: You don't have to be so contrary, Joel. Just stoned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I knew there was a joke there somewhere.
2: Yeah, my, uh, a Jimmy Buffett concert is the centerpiece to a story about the worst date I ever went on, and that's too long of a story to tell now. But no, it's it's. I
1: don't know. If Next week, we have a whole show
2: on Pat's (laughs) terrible
1: dates, then and now.
0: Oh, Jesus. That could be a long episode.
1: Oh, my God. Can we – a dating show? Ooh. Ooh. Put that in there. No, I don't know if I want to.
2: Speaking of dating, put that in there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) That's not happening. Um. Anyway, uh, Dick Burnett, born in 1883 in Monticello, Kentucky. His Uh father died when he was four and his mother when he was 12. A musical prodigy, he was playing the dulcimer by the age of seven. By nine, he had learned the banjo, and by 13, he was playing the fiddle. He had also learned to play a new instrument of the time, the guitar. He worked through his childhood as a wheat thresher, logger, and an on an oil field. Sorry, I was about to say, and as an oil field.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a hell of a job. In 1907, he fought off a mugger and received a gunshot explosion to the face, which took his sight. Jesus. <laughs> unable to... No, this it's not poor Jesus.
2: motherfucker. Thanks for that.
0: Anyway, unable to make a living now that he was blind, he no longer could work in the oil fields, his boss, however, suggested. Well, you can still make it. You can make it with your music. He had spent his time, even before going blind, learning music and songwriting, and attended five singing schools and reading books up to—I'm uh, sorry—and reading books up up to where I could compose my own songs. Oh, I see. Set the music to it and time it out. He could compose songs, write them out on cards he called ballads. He would trade ballads with other blind musicians, learning the tune by listening and then having the song read to him until he memorized it. He continued writing and composing songs and eventually touring with Leonard Rutherford where they cut a number of popular songs including one called The Farewell Song which is better known by its opening verse I Am A Man Of Constant Sorrow.
3: Oh, The way that started I was hoping it was going to end with him becoming a frontier pharmacist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep cut which I knew at least two of you would get. I I got that too. (laughs) Score! Uh, That He actually died on the 21st of January 1977. Absorbed. He was born in. Makes me in feel
2: like a Louise. lazy piece of shit. This guy did like eight, had like eight jobs. Could play like seventeen instruments. Loses his sight and just keeps going. He, he me, lost I'm both like, his parents before he was thirteen. Headache. I'm not going to work today. <laughs> like,
1: I got a paper cut. <laughs> All right, moving on to
2: movies. To you sick Burnett for being better than me.
3: <laughs> He's gonna come back from the grave and kick your ass.
2: It's be a long... He won't be able to find me. I'll just hide.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Rocky is the number one movie in the land. In typical Rocky Balboa fashion, it made a comeback to number one in its eighth week of release. Yo, Adrian, indeed.
1: And if you guys remember the Rocky show, that uh, Sylvester Stallone was like on the, his last bat, you know, his last bit of food. He was about to sell his dog so he could pay his rent, and that whole whole thing. I still don't understand how come he wasn't just raking in the dough after death race 2000.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a really good question.
2: a <laughs> potato.
3: <laughs> <laughs> January 19th sees Taylor Jaffe come into the world, appearing in such movies as 2010, Mr. Mom and critical role where he played Percival Percy F V M K D R three. The acronym of the week, which, of course, is fat virgins make kangaroos do rim jobs three. (laughs) Really niche porn.
2: Are the kangaroos doing rim jobs to each other or to the fat virgins? Both.
3: Does it matter?
2: Yeah, it was both. It was
3: the one in the first movie, the other in the second. The sequel, they went for the combo platter.
2: Oh, that makes sense. All right. You never let me down. (laughs) I I, I obviously have to see two then. Yeah.
3: That's actually Percy. Yeah, the Freder-
2: other way is just gross.
3: Percy <laughs> Frederickstein von Musel de de the Third.
1: As oh, as you would Klasowski.
3: guess, Klasowski, de Rollo the Third. He has also worked as a voice actor, working as Hana Show in Girls Bravo, Basil Hawkins in One Piece, in One Piece, and Walkabout the Cat in. I don't know Nia Seven. Nia Seven. I I'm not familiar with that. Hmm. His voice has also been found in video games, voicing such characters as The Flash in Injustice 2 and Blanca in Street Fighter 4. But I will know him best as High Lord Darian Margraine, Devourer of Souls from World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King. Yes, I will.
0: Although One Piece has a special place in Forty Going on Fourteens' heart as...
1: No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't. No, No, it doesn't. But Wrath of the Lich King does, because that was quite possibly the best expansion so far in... Darian Morgreen was amazing at the end of that end end game on that one.
3: (laughs) All right. Margaret Hayes, actress from the Blackboard Jungle and Good Day for a Hanging, and journalist slash radio talk show host, died from liver cancer and hepatitis at some day during this week.
1: Absorb times two.
2: January 23rd. There you go. That
1: day this week. (laughs) All right. So TV... January 15th, 1977, Bill Murray joins Saturday Night Live to replace Chevy Chase, who had quit the previous year. The future rejoices. Yeah. It's Bill Murray, man. Also, on the 21st of January, Jerry Trainor is born. He's known for such uh, Disney shows, mainly iCarly, where he plays basically a big old doofus.
2: Is he the brother? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've seen a couple shows just from my niece having it on.
1: The girls have watched iCarly over and over. And I know who this guy is. And you know what? Honestly, for the money he's making for playing a complete moron on TV, good on you, Jerry Trainer. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody's made money being morons before. That's there, right. You are this. I haven't. One. No, I'm, I'm talking about on TV. Like, it started, you know, long before even Don Knotts was doing it. Yeah. We
3: got to get on TV. <laughs>
2: That's the key. If mm-hmm. we can get somebody to pay us money to be on TV, we're living the life. All right.
1: All right, so Burt Mustin was born in 1884 and was Uh a character actor in many different shows in his time in the 50s. Leave it to Beaver, The Abbott and Costello Show, The Loretta Young Show, Cavalcade of America, The Public Defender, Treasury Men in Action... And in the 60s, he was in Bonanza, Gunsmoke, Ichabod and Me, The Many Loves, Adobe Gillis, Dragnet, Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Get Smart, The New Phil Silver Show, The Beloved Hillbillies, Dr. Kildare, The Jack Benny Program, Ben Casey, The Monkees, The Virginian, Simmer and Strip, My Three Sons, Batman Episode 48, and Bewitched. And in movies, this guy was everywhere. Ready for this? Wait, there's more. Wait. Detective Story, Talk About a Stranger, The Silver Whip, Half a Hero, She Couldn't Say No, The Desperate Hours, Man with a Gun, Storm Center. Another Sheep Man, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Hemingway's Adventures of a Young Man, Twilight of Honor, What a Way to Go, The Misadventures of Merlin Jones, Sex and the Single Girl, The Cincinnati Kid, Cat Baloo, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, Woo! The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin, Speedway, The Shakiest Gun in the West, The Grace Bank Robbery, Hail Hero, The Skin Game, Main Jesus, we get the point. I know, he was in literally everything. Damn. I know. Character actor. Never had a headliner whatsoever, but he was pretty much – if you look up his picture, Burt Mustin, he was in everything. He died so, on
2: he, – He's like the Stephen Tobolowsky of the, uh, the 1950s. Exactly. So he
1: uh, died January 28th, 1977 of uh, something and buried in the Hollywood Hills Cemetery. Absorbed. He
2: died of not being alive anymore.
1: Right. He was Remember Burt Mustin? <laughs> <laughs> no, here we go again. Oh, okay. He's here
2: trying.
1: Here, here's another one. <laughs> He's trying. He, he was also one of the original founders of the Pittsburgh chapter of the Lions Club established in 1921. What the heck? This is another guy that makes you feel like shit, Pat.
2: Look at yep. Bert Mustin. Fuck this guy. Fuck you too, Bert.
1: Making Pat feel bad about himself and his lack of hope and drive. Hey, make us laugh now, Joel.
2: I was was feeling pretty good for a while there. Yeah, now it's Mike doing it. (laughs) (laughs) What an asshole. (laughs) I love Burt Mustin, now that I see his picture.
1: Yeah. That
2: guy's very funny.
1: He died at 92 years old. Good for him. Wow. All right, that's all I got.
2: All right, moving on to sports. Sports. On January 19th, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm, Yay. I'm sure you guys even know who Bernie, Bernie Banks is.
3: Bernie, <laughs> Bernie Banks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he played 19 years for the Cubs. Never played for another team. No, anyone? Yeah, I'm, anyone?
1: Yeah, I'm the one who put it up there. Bueller? Oh yeah, I've heard of him. All right, Bernie Banks.
2: Okay, all right. Uh, on January 22nd, the in the NFL's Pro Bowl, the AFC beats the NFC 24 to 14. And then on January 26th, Vince Carter, known as Vince Sanity and Half-Man, Half-Amazing, which are just two incredibly awesome nicknames, was born in Daytona Beach. An NBA All-Star, he is still playing in the NBA as one of the longest careers, hits its 19th year this year.
1: Whoa. <laughs>
2: and he's still able to dunk and still able to you – know, I mean, he's still – playing oh, oh.
0: able to do things.
2: Yeah, he still gets plenty of playing time. I mean, he's really good and he's still in international competition, he once performed in a game what became known as le dunk de la mort, the dunk which of is, death. He had the dunk of death which mm-hmm. in, in an actual game on a fast break coming down the lane, I think he was Lithuanian, a 7 foot 2 center standing there waiting to play defense and Vince Carter literally jumped over him and dunked on him. <laughs>
3: What was that called again?
2: <laughs> Le dunk de la morte oh, mm, oui.
3: That sounds good. I'll have I'll that.
2: Have <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's the Dunk of Death. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, but the guy he dunked on like, was was cut from the team after and like, literally never recovered his life and, and ended up dying in squalor. So that's what? why I call it the Dunk of Death. <laughs> I, literally. Jumped over a man, a a, a large human man just jumped directly over him and dunked in his face and ended his whole entire basketball career. So we're
1: ending this on a high note. Yeah. Hey,
2: well, I'm back, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And guess what What else I found?
2: No more of these laughs.
1: Ready? Joel, uh, keyboard, Joel, you don't have to do it anymore. Look what I found.
2: That was highly underwhelming. What was that? <laughs> that was a, a
1: very th- tiny noise. That was... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. oh, I thought it was louder than that. No. My poor... No, um, sir. I, had an, I thought I had an outro.
2: Oh, it <sighs> was out there.
1: <sighs> All right. well, anyway. Freaky Friday came out in 1977. Uh, mother and daughter find their personalities switched and have to live each other's lives on one strange Friday, the 13th. That would have made it a more interesting movie. I know, you just changed the movie with that. (laughs) Uh, I I really hate being an adult. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Well, you're um, done. (laughs) This is a current uh, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Grossed $25 million in the United States and since then has made $11 million in rentals. So good on them. It's directed by Gary Nelson who has a strange mix of Disney movies, such as The Black Hole, which we have to do a show about eventually, and a lot of murder-based TV shows.
2: Aren't they remaking The Black Hole?
1: They are. Sweet. Yes, that is coming up soon. Dude. Yeah, I know, right? Um, This is written by Mary Rogers, uh, who wrote the screenplay and the book, uh, and also wrote a a movie called The Devil and Max Devlin. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. So, this uh, came out, like I said, 1977, with stars a one Barbara Harris as Mrs. Andrews. Which I
0: believe we all agreed was attractive.
1: Yes. I have a thing for 1977 Barbara Harris now. I did not know that was a thing, but I have one now. Uh, A Jodie Foster in her second movie. Oh. This one was actually shot right and released right after Taxi Driver.
0: Which I uh, do not have a thing for 1977 Jodie Foster.
2: <laughs> John Hinckley did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> true story. That is a
1: true story. This is, this is why we Dark. keep Pat around. Uh, <laughs> she plays the daughter Annabelle. John Aston is Mr. Andrews. You may know Now,
3: him. you guys know my John Aston story, right? Mm, maybe.
2: I'm sure but, it's come up. Tell us again
3: that I saw one of the final performances of John Aston, like on the planet
2: of what? Well, maybe, maybe we did, haven't heard no. this. Uh,
3: I a, after he was done with his last movie, he was known for his run starting the stage show, uh, lend me a tenor. And I saw the performance that was his final performance in that role before it was uh, handed over to Raul Julia the next week. Huh? so i he may have done more theater uh other somewhere else, but nothing is well known and it was after his final movie appearance, so it was one of his final
1: public performances of his life
2: Very cool that's
1: fantastic I always liked John
2: um, Aston. John Ashton stars in one of my favorite uh deep cut type movies where not a not a whole lot of people have heard about it but my whole my family it's we all own a copy of it it's it's like a family favorite uh mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Zorro, the gay blade for you, Mike?
3: Oh, that is totally wrong, by the way. John Aston's not dead.
2: John Aston's not dead?
3: <laughs> John Aston's not dead. Raul Julia's dead.
2: I Oh, but anyway, the movie uh, Evil Roy Slade, which is a comedy... I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a comedy take on westerns. Fucking hysterical.
0: But I've not it, seen it, but
1: I've heard of it.
2: Very, very funny.
1: All right. I think I've seen it, too, but I love John Aston. I loved him in... um. Uh, I wouldn't 19,
2: be surprised if I'd made you watch it at some point,
1: Mike. You probably did at one point or another, but uh, John Nasson in Night Court.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is Harry's dad?
1: Yeah, and his, his take on it's like, that was after the event with the porcupine, but I'm feeling much better now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love John Aston too. But also, uh, Patsy Kelly as Mrs. Schmaus. Dick Van Patten as Harold Jennings.
2: Vicky Shrek as Virginia. Sorrel Brooks. For Brooke, some reason, Dick Van Patten is in a role at Anybody could have played.
3: Isn't that all of Dick Van Patten's role?
2: (laughs) Touché, sir. Touché.
1: He's the Patrick of the acting world. Oh. That was mean. Sorrel Brook, you may know as Boss Hogg, as Mr. Dilk. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer as Mr. Joffert. And it took me a second to figure out who the hell he was. But another character actor.
2: I Uh, didn't realize that was Boss Hogg.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ruth Buzzy as Opposing Coach, Kay Ballard as Coach Betsy, Mark McClure as Boris Harris. Now, Mark Mark McClure, McClure. yes, Um, not only was he Marty McFly's brother from Back to the Future, but he played Jimmy Olsen in all the Superman movies. He did. Yes. And Marie Windsor as Mrs. Murphy, the Cleaning Lady. And the Basset Hound. And the Mm -hmm. Basset Hound, Joel. Yes, there was a Basset Hound. Who got passed around a lot. Just like you. Wait, what? Trivia. That's what I was going to say.
0: <clears throat> I love Bert Mustin. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked him up.
1: <laughs> Sounds like something you'd put on a sandwich. The sandwich got Bert Mustin on it. Doesn't <laughs> it? Should <laughs> it's got it's got the it's got the whole grain Bert Mustin on there. Oh, <laughs> all right. So trivia: actress Jodie Foster was offered the Princess Leia role in Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, around the time that this movie was in development. When George Lucas had wanted to make the character young, and Foster had actually got the part when it was realized that she was still under contract to Disney. There may have been a way to fo- for Foster to get out of the contract, but her mother decided to honor it, and as such, Foster contractually completed Freaky Friday in 1976.
0: Plus, we all realized that she would have been wrong for that role.
2: I don't know if she would be. How do you, how do you go from be, being a taxi driver to getting a Disney contract?
1: <laughs> because I think that was more of a, she finished Taxi Driver and she said, I need like a cleansing I'm going to do a Disney movie now. That's the... It's maybe, maybe her opposite. mother did that.
2: Yeah, she's like, yeah. We're going to Disney now. Yeah. We, fa- we need to bleach your brain.
1: This is the last time your father decides what movie you do.
2: <laughs> Put your pants back on, Frank.
1: <laughs> All right. So Mark McClure, Boris Harris, would later play Boris the Milkman in the remake of Freaky Friday in 2003. He is the only actor that has appeared in both films.
2: The Milkman?
1: Yeah, in... The remake. Yeah, I don't remember a milkman in the remake. I don't either. He, he comes in and he looks just like Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> it, was, it was like a two-second scene. That was it. He comes in, he drops off some milk, and he leaves.
2: I really don't remember that.
1: Yeah, well, it happened. Uh, I don't
2: believe you. Yeah.
1: What? This is a milkman conspiracy. It is. That's. You're totally right, Pat. That's exactly. It's like the
2: Berenstein Bears all over again. It is.
1: <laughs> all right. So both oh. Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris were nominated for Best Actress, Musical or Comedy at the Golden Globes. Technically, they also played each other's characters, and they were both nominated for playing the same characters. Oh. Uh huh.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Oh. <clears throat> oh. So, there's also a 1995 remake with Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman. I had initially read what? that wrong. Yes. And I thought that that Abby Hoffman was really <laughs> interested about it. Like,
3: <laughs> I thought it was Gabby Hayes. So.
2: <laughs>
1: Shelley <laughs> Long and Abby Gibby Hoffman. The <laughs> surfers.
2: I was going to say I thought it was Shane Hoffman, but nobody would get that other than us.
1: And Shane. Uh, Annabelle and Ellen both have a hard time getting along with each other. On Friday the 13th, they wear necklaces that switches their bodies for a day. So was this the first viewing for any of us?
0: No, I thought about watching part of it, but I could not stomach it after this one.
3: (laughs) Hey, Pat, I'm going to blow your mind. Not only was I wrong, John Aston is not dead, but Frederick Weiss, who got dunked of death... He's not dead either.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All these people are getting unabsorbed.
3: I'm gonna have to retract my absorption.
2: Yeah, that's it's.
3: Yeah,
0: definitely.
2: We people are coming back to life. It's (laughs) the
3: Berenstein Bears. I'm telling you.
0: (laughs) So, what's the opposite of absorbed? (laughs)
1: Dispersed. Dispersed.
0: Wow. All right. So, Freaky Friday.
1: Freaky Friday. So. Um, on the original Freaky Friday, is this a first viewing for any of us?
0: Uh, I think it might be for me just because I did not remember anything about it, but I don't remember most of my childhood, so I could have seen it.
3: That's it's definitely a first for me. Yeah. It wasn't first for me, but like this kind of fell into the parent trap where it's like I watched it years and years ago, didn't like it then, was hoping I'd be surprised this time around. Yeah. Not
0: so much. Well, let's just be honest. It it suffered from heavy, heavy, heavy 70s pacing plus heavy, heavy Disney 70s pacing.
2: Are we through with the trivia? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure we're done with that before we start tearing it apart. I
3: mean, we're talking about Freaky Friday. Let's face it. This entire episode is trivia. Oh, Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but. That's true. We did talk about Burt Mustin. (laughs)
0: Do they have gluten-free Mustin? Um. (laughs) Anyway. It, it, it just suffered from a, some serious pacing problems, and it's, it's very much a 70s Disney movie. All
2: right, so basically this is about uh, – starts off – how, how would you describe it? Just slice of life kind of thing? talk Talking yeah. about the family and the two of them establishing the, the family. family slice dynamic, of life, blah, blah, blah. Blah,
1: mother and daughter don't get along, blah, blah, they blah. They don't blah. understand each other. Yeah, and they say the same thing at the same time, and it crosses over, and one becomes the other and then Barbara Harris starts acting like a teenager, and then I felt really awkward.
3: Acting. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I'm sure you could hear the quotes around that word. Yeah. <laughs> Started acting.
1: Acting. It's a... Yeah,
2: and and it's, it's like they, they, they made... Like, a, the Annabelle character, they made her suddenly, when she switched bodies, suddenly she just became a moron. Like, like nobody... Nobody in the history of ever... Does laundry like that. I I hate that that trope that they do in in movies and stuff. I mean, I can understand not knowing to separate whites and colors, but you know not to shove it to the point where you're, like, standing on it and pushing things in and dumping, you know, a pound of soap in there. Everybody knows that's just wrong.
3: In unrelated news, I need to go check on my laundry. (laughs) But anyway, because I'm actually doing laundry right now,
2: they're, oh they're, make, they're making a point at one point in there that she's smarter than you think and all that kind of stuff. But yet, you know, they're going to say, like, you know, but too dumb to understand, you know, I, I can't do laundry. I mean, laundry is one of the easiest things to do.
0: Well, but if, if you're a kid, uh, granted, her brother would have been more likely to do that than her, because at her age, you think she would at least understand how laundry works.
2: Yeah, and exactly. Or or at least you would, you know, just leave it alone.
1: Yeah, there's
0: always the, the end, thing
2: you know, of not doing it. Yeah.
3: I don't know. There's this Venn diagram with boring and corny. And this movie lives in the intersection. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I I will say one one thing in it to its credit. I was impressed that they for the Time and culture of the movie, I mean, I understand it was coming out of the 60s, you know, and into, you know, and all firmly into the 70s, but there was still that 50s culture of, you know, the man does the work and he's, you know, right and everything and he's the head of the household. And they took the time to show that, you know, oh, you know, he, he's actually a male chauvinist pig, which is actually pretty rare for a Disney movie. Well, to call out a man like that. Usually they just kill off the parents, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say they had a nuclear family, which is very unusual. for. A
2: but it, I thought it was, you know, actually the best part of the entire movie, as far as writing that, you know, she goes and talks about how great her father is. And then suddenly she sees her, him from her mother's point of view. And he's like, she's like, Oh, you know, he's kind of a male chauvinist pig. Maybe he's not as amazing as I thought he was. I thought for a Disney movie and for this movie, that was probably the best writing.
3: Yeah, but I mean this film wastes the talents of John Aston and Jodie Foster.
2: For sure, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, Dick Van Patten, okay. I mean, this movie
1: is Dick Van Patten. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Van Patten and his ascot.
2: I will be completely honest in in saying that because I I really do like Jodie Foster as a as a person and as an actress, I like her. So I enjoyed watching this performance cuz I'd never seen it before, you know, and I, I like watching her act as an you know but I mean again, this was very much like a you could see everybody acting in this movie, even her as good as she is.
1: Well, and honestly, I think out of all of them, John Aston could have been better. I was always waiting for him to pull the you, to be John Aston.
2: He was just totally phoning it in, you could tell.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean well, you know I think part of it was like he's like, all right cool'm I'm a I'm a male chauvinist pig. great. It's a paycheck.
2: Yeah, I think he. I think he didn't even like his character.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jodie Foster, for I mean, for what she was, for getting off of doing Taxi Driver and coming to this, I honestly thought she possibly was the best actress in the movie.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I would definitely agree with that. And, and I was the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, uh, you know what, this isn't so bad. You know, it's not. It's exactly what I was expecting it was going to be. I, you know, and I wasn't really hating it. And then suddenly, like the thirty minute finale that went on about twenty nine minutes too long of all the water skiing and, and driving and wackiness and zaniness and blah blah blah. I was like, okay, this is just pulling me completely out of the movie and now I don't even give a shit anymore. And it was just really ridiculous and stupid. And so I was with the movie up until that point. By the time by the time you know we're supposed to believe that Mrs. Harris is on the paraglider and you know, I was like, all right, I'm just done.
1: There were so the many times car. When, he, when the when the water skier was completely. It looked like um, uh, from the Bates Motel. <laughs> it it looked like Mother from the Bates Motel, a dude in a black dress and a wig.
3: <laughs> you know what that scene needed? Piranhas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More Dick Van Patten.
3: More Dick Van <laughs> Patten. Um,
0: I think the two, my two favorite, uh, parts of the, or people in the film were Barbara Harris. I thought was fun to watch, and uh, Brooke Mills, who played Mrs. Gibbons, the secretary, was fun, also.
2: Yeah, but when she kept putting on more and more clothes and whatever.
0: And she had the glasses on, and she was trying to work right on the pad. I mean, that quick, was funny.
2: Quick side note of, of trivia, by the way: uh, they tried to actually give Dick Van Patten more lines, but he said, "No, no, eight is enough."
3: <laughs> uh, <sighs>
0: Alan <laughs> Thicke is gonna come kick your ass, Pat. I don't know why, but he is. That is such
3: a strange threat. <laughs> I suppose when it comes to the distaste I Alan have for this Thick movie, is no, he's no, he he's not?
2: Yeah. Yes, he is. You
3: better check with our
0: is Alan, Alan. Dead.
2: He just died recently. I just killed him. I wanted to be <laughs> sure. We've been so his, long. I Holy have shit. his body in
1: my trunk. He did December thirteenth last year. Yeah. What? We
3: got one fact right tonight. Okay. Yeah. I suppose I should declare my bias. If you've got the film that like the parents advisory council or any of those groups that like evaluates movies based on violence and swearing and disrespect to elders, if they like the movie, I probably don't. Right. Yeah. So usually I can look at stuff as a product of its time. But I just – this was so hard to watch.
2: You see, I, I actually did enjoy it. I seriously did enjoy it a little more than you guys, I think. But well, I, the, I enjoyed, the ending definitely ruined it for me.
1: Yeah, the ending got, I mean, super ridiculous near the end of it where, you know, they're all running around. And the cops are chasing after this VW bug, which apparently in Disney World, a VW, VW bug can outrun a Dodge Charger.
2: Well, and, and, and suddenly, you know, she's like an amazing expert driver that can – they could outmaneuver all these cops all the time. You know, right. didn't even have her. You know, barely got her learner's permit, but suddenly yeah. she could. You know,
1: and then she drives she can, through the weeds. She'd be a the,
2: stunt driver, here. right?
1: And she drives through the weeds, and all the cops were like, "Well, I guess she's lost. No way we're gonna find her." <laughs>
2: you no, know, Duke boy's well, how got how away again. The, how close did that cop come to killing so many people <laughs> driving <laughs> over that bridge? Like all those people that had to duck when he was driving over the top. Like all those people almost died.
1: Okay, but. The, that said, that was a pretty damn cool uh, uh, stunt there.
2: It was, but I mean, all those people, like they were like six inches away from death. I don't know. I, mean, the, I, I understand it's a stunt for the movie, but like in real life, that cop almost killed a whole bunch of people.
0: I don't know. Let's talk about the uh, the cop car coming out of the.
2: Uh, oh, in oh, oh, a
0: triangle. ...in a triangular shape.
1: And even the glass moved. The glass. <laughs> The glass bent.
2: This was definitely, you know, a lot of wacky, mad, mad, mad world hijink type stuff in this well, movie. Well,
1: I think I think it was like
2: it's the, the Herbie, Han- you know, the Herbie, the, Herbie, the love bug.
1: the Herbie Hancock, Herbie
2: Hancock days, with the, Herbie the Love Bug Herbie days. Hancock. You know <laughs> with just
1: Herbie Hancock, the love bug.
2: I'm fucking dying here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
2: no, Richard, it's Herbie Hancock.
1: <laughs> so I think with what happened, wound up with this one, is that they actually reached a point where they're like, there's not enough wackiness happening. Because think about the 70s Disney movies. There was always a scene where they sped up the film and everything mm-hmm. went fast. There's always some sort of crazy antics happening at the end. It's. They could have closed us out with a character development scene, but they were right. like, "Screw that! <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just make it a wacky you know, Let's just put uh, Little Red Bull, Little Brown Bull, whatever it is, the, the um, Benny Hill music on, and just run this." Yeah, I mean that's what they went with. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, it's oh, it's seventies and. It was a, a family movie in the 70s. Did they know any better? Yes, well, they cast Dick Van
3: Patten, so obviously not
1: <laughs> <laughs> He I think he may have been gay. I don't know. what Dick Van Patten in the movie in the movie at least. Oh, with the ascot and the little flip of the hand and that whole thing <laughs> just saying.
0: Yeah, there was, there was a lot of wasted talent, and uh, what about the ending? The dad and the son?
1: Oh, yeah, that, that was the, we don't know how to end this. And thankfully, they didn't make a sequel. I
3: was going to say, the best part of the ending is that it was over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Josh's favorite part was when the credits rolled.
3: Indeed.
0: Well, and I kept hoping that maybe they would show them eating that concoction that she was making with the kitty kibble and the Tabasco sauce and everything, but they never even got to that part. Or the turkey. That was a wasted comedy right there.
2: That was a wasted turkey. Her, her and Hunky Boris.
0: Yeah, they spent hmm. 15 minutes too long on the, the chase scene at the end, and they could have showed them eating the turkey and the, the kibble and all that, and that would have been funny to me.
3: You yeah. know, kibble and hot sauce is not that bad if you're really poor. <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: Just leave the noodles out. It's like peanut butter and mayonnaise. The olives. Ugh, we yeah. don't talk of that.
1: Ugh. Olives are not food.
2: <laughs> Neither is peanut butter and mayonnaise. Oh, it's awesome.
0: Those are both food items, just not together.
2: Well, that's what I meant. I didn't say one or the other. I mentioned both together.
3: You What's guys
1: haven't true? tried it. Shut up.
2: So is you, your face? You judge me. Uh, we have derailed. Anyway,
0: well, d- you know, I I didn't know what to expect going into this, and I watched them in reverse order. I watched the 2003 one first, then I watched this one. Why do you and, guys do Well, I I just I couldn't get the this one to work, and then I couldn't find a good copy of it, and the 2003 one was working. So I'm like, screw it, I'll just watch this one first. And um, so I had a a, a different expectation doing it in that order. Like I said. It, probably shouldn't have, but I just, uh, I kept waiting for it to get enjoyable and I just could not get into it. This one.
3: Yeah. In other news, Herbie <laughs> Hancock is also not dead. <laughs> <laughs> what about Herbie's love he,
2: he just wishes he was.
3: no no, he
0: doesn't. Why would you no, he actually that about-
2: has a pretty nice life. He's still big in the composing and he's
0: you know, hanging out with Bobby McFerrin.
2: seen. Yeah, they're both actually strangely very big in the producing jazz scene.
3: Exactly. I, I think we're about done with this.
2: <laughs> I'd rather talk about Bobby McFerrin. Okay.
3: Yes, that is the sign. If Patrick wants to talk about Bobby McFerrin, we are so <laughs> done with the topic. Anyway,
2: <laughs> that's Space Quest.
0: you <laughs> All
2: right. I so. honestly. I thought
1: of the movie, this, the one point where they actually had some decent character development was when mom, daughter, uh, Annabelle, Miss Andrews was playing softball with her little brother.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, I I actually did. It kind of warmed the cockles of my heart when she learned how her little brother actually liked her and worshiped her.
1: That's right. So, uh,
2: that was some. That was good character development.
1: Yes. So. It was little corny brothers. as fuck.
2: It was. I'm Disney. It's a Disney movie. It's what a Disney expect? movie. Yeah. Uh, I and,
1: declared my bias. And that war <laughs> apparently warms Pat's cock, from what I hear.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean for as for as 1977 Disney movie, where you know you're walking around with a bottle of gin and chain smoking through the whole damn thing. <laughs> You know, it's it's as good as it gets from what we were watching. You know, it's like, all right, cool. That was kind of nice. You know, I don't know why she hates me so much, but I love her. You know, that's in contrast to the kid in the beginning in the new one, which I'll get to later. But, you know, it wasn't terrible. But it was kind of terrible.
2: <laughs> I mean, I won't watch it again, but I'm not mad that I watched it like I have many things that you guys make me watch. Yeah, this is another
1: one of the movies where I put it on and the girls I'm like, hey, 1977 Disney, remember Pete's Dragon with all the drinking and the smoking? Remember <laughs> <be>. Pete's
2: Dragon?
0: <laughs> oh no, not that again. Yeah, that's,
1: it's kind
2: of Me, like that, remember right? all the overacting? Remember? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> remember
2: Mickey Rooney? He was all drunk. Red Skilton? Remember? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, they got up and left. <laughs> all right i'm falling back on barbara harris was cute yes she was also 41 <laughs> so good on
2: her great, for great look complexion for a 41 year old
1: yeah she looked for for a 1977 41
2: year old she looked pretty damn good you also have a thing for housewives though too so that didn't hurt
1: no it didn't. what's wrong with that
2: now that i'm just saying mike has a thing for housewives that's all i'm saying
1: Right, no. I...
2: You yeah. can have one, too. I mean, uh,
3: <laughs> I don't know. 41 and still being good looking does not uh, impress me considering Peggy Lipton is 71. And she is still gorgeous. And uh, she makes good soup.
2: Nigella Lawson. Yeah. It's what, 56? Something like
1: that. Oh, what's her name from? Uh,
2: Raquel Welch. How about that? Yeah, that's
1: holy crap. She's 71? Yeah. Peggy Lip. Good God. who, who, How many virgin children does she kill every week to keep looking that good? Holy crap. Um, We've derailed. Yeah. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Yeah. There Member? you go. Remember?
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. You're right about Peggy Lipton.
1: Uh, huh. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know where to go from here. Probably to the break. Yeah, we should probably <laughs> do that. So uh, we'll be back in a little bit, and we're going to talk about the 2003 Freaky Friday. We'll see if it gets better from here, folks. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about it. I almost said eight is enough. I <laughs> talk <laughs> 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 about eight is enough. You <laughs> no, we are fucking not. <laughs> Screw you, Dick Van Patten. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Freaky Friday, 2003. Uh, this is directed by Mark Waters, known for such classics as Mean Girls, The Spiderwick Chronicles, and Mr. Popper's Penguins. I've seen two of those three films. So take that as you will. Uh, Which one haven't you seen? Spiderwick, I'm going with. Mean Girls. Dude. Oh, I haven't you seen, haven't
2: seen Mean Girls? What have, is
1: up with your priorities? I haven't
3: seen Mean
0: no. Girls either. Mike,
1: what you were going to say? I was going to agree with you, Joel. I haven't seen it either. That's it. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. Wow, it's so
1: good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, writing credits in this one. Mary Rogers, naturally. She wrote the book. Uh, Heather Hatch, who also wrote What to Expect When You're Expecting one of these things is not like the other. Caroline in the City, and then Dilbert, the TV show. It's kind of strange. Uh, Leslie Dixon, other uh, screenplay writer, did Overboard, Ms. Doubtfire, Hairspray, and Look Who's Talking Now.
0: That's a pretty good resume, minus the last one. And uh, the Dilbert TV show was actually pretty funny. I watched it a couple times over.
1: I know, but it's like, what do you expect when you're expecting Caroline in the City, Dilbert. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it was good.
2: Carolina, I mean, the, the, Carolina in the City wasn't horrible; it just wasn't great.
0: It makes more sense than the What to Expect when You're Expecting movie,
3: right? Yeah, I, I'm going to be the descending opinion, and I think all three of those are kind of basic bitch properties. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they are the 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 white bread with nothing on it of uh, entertainment. Did you watch the Dilbert show? Yes, I did. I've I've never really much cared for Dilbert though. Oh,
2: I, I, I like Dilbert.
0: I'm not like a huge fan of the comic, but I enjoyed the cartoon because it was kind of absurd.
2: I'm just the opposite. I'm, I like the comic, but not the show. Leave the boy in the well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So this starred Jamie Lee Curtis as Tess Coleman, Lindsay Lohan as Anna Coleman, Mark Harmon huh, as Ryan, Harold Gould as Grandpa. Now, Harold Gould... I think you didn't see enough of his, of his um, mustache in this. <clears throat> I think they didn't have enough mustache. I think his mustache was actually completely shaved. Because I think with the mustache, you know exactly who you're talking about.
3: They probably couldn't afford his mustache.
1: Probably not. <laughs> um, Chad Michael Murray as Jake. That was a lover boy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the so dreamy he, guy. Yeah, so he's gone on to do such great things as House of Wax, 2005.
3: Uh, uh, he, he was gonna, on – oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you I go was just going to just gonna say he was on One Tree Hill, which is not exactly our demographic, but that's what
1: he would be known for.
2: Oh, geez. He was supposed to be the next big it, <clears throat> dream boy. He was
1: on Agent Carter for 14 episodes, too.
2: Yeah, when when uh, One Tree Hill started, he was like tagged to be the next superstar uh, Zac Efron type. Okay,
0: and then Steward Steven Tobolowski <laughs> came along and knocked him out of his position.
2: Exactly.
3: <laughs> oh shit, he was awesome in ancient Carter. Now I didn't even make that connection that that was him.
2: Don't mess with Ned Ryerson.
1: I no, know right. Ned Needle Nose Ryerson, man.
2: <laughs> Ned the Head.
1: Or actually, the other, the first thing that popped to mind was he was the um. He was in sneakers.
2: Chad Michael Murray was in sneakers. No, Ned Ryerson.
0: That's a great movie, by the way. Stephen Tobolowsky, Stephen Tobolowsky.
2: was in Sneakers. Yeah, he was. He he's was. has been in. A... No, I said I, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. He's been in a ton of stuff.
1: Yeah, he's his.
2: I love it. He's one of my favorite character actors. He re... Yeah,
1: he really is. I mean, he is like this generation's. Uh, what's his name? Bergen. He's yeah. <laughs> he's like this. No, he's like this... he is exactly the. He's Burt Mustin for the 2000s. His name. <laughs> I love this dude, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Who else we got? We've got Christina Vidal as Maddie. Ryan Mc- Malganary uh, as Harry Coleman, whoever the hell that kid is. Uh, Haley Hudson as Peg. Rosalind Chow as Pi-Pi. Lucille Sung as Pi-Pi's mom. Now, you've known her before. You've seen her before. Willie Garrison as Evan. And Dinah Spibe Waters as Dottie Robertson.
3: Rosalind Chow, just rolling it back a little bit. She's one of those actresses that I really like her, and I dislike a lot of the movies and TV shows she's in. Okay, I could see it's, that.
1: It's weird. She's she's good for what she's given.
3: Yeah, she's a really great actress, but like a, 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 a when you get past her being Keiko in Deep Space Nine, Miles O'Brien's wife. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I know her best mm. as. And you go and that character was not always likable. You go to her career past that, and she's just in a lot of stuff that is not not my thing, like The O.C. Oh, geez. And no, don't, trust B apart, uh, don't trust the bee in apartment. Don't trust the be in apartment twenty three. That kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. she's no Dick Van Patten. <laughs> but who, <laughs> but who, who is, is really? <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, Lucille Soong, Um again, been everywhere. Joy Luck Club, Shirley's—I mean, little spots all over the place. Um, She's fucking hilarious
3: and fresh off the boat. Really? That—that that show, just in general,
1: is—I uh, enjoy it quite a bit. I'm gonna watch that. Never seen it. All right. So some trivia. Uh, When Jamie Lee Curtis found out that Lindsay Lohan, who was going to be playing her daughter, had starred in The Parent Trap, she wanted to know which twin she played, unaware that Lindsay Lohan had performed both roles. I don't know. I'm kind of calling bullshit on this one. Because I personally think Jamie Lee Curtis is a lot smarter than that.
0: Still better trivia than Death Race 2050.
2: Yeah. Maybe she hadn't seen the movie.
1: That's true. Maybe. Maybe she was joking. That's true.
2: Oh. yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe she thought she was Mary-Kate or Ashley. Right.
1: Uh, A member of the band Orgy instructed Jamie Lee Curtis on how to play the guitar in the concert sequence that is actually Curtis playing during the solo.
3: I wondered about that.
1: That fact
3: is better than the entire movie.
1: Right. (laughs) Yes, it is. I mean, because that wasn't exact, I mean, and it wasn't a half ass solo either. I mean, for, it wasn't just strumming. She did a pretty damn good solo right there.
0: Yeah. So did Lindsay Lohan play the guitar, though? It looked like she did, also.
1: Well, didn't do it as good as Jamie Lee Curtis, because Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, It's an homage to Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, Janet Lee, known for her performance in Psycho. A character named Mr. Bates is present in the film. This is a nod to Norman Bates in Psycho. There you go. Oh, and uh, one trivia I forgot to put in there. The cover of the book that uh, she's selling on the TV show is actually the cover of the original book from back in the 70s. Huh. All down. right.
3: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, that and the guitar solo thing, and you've got yourself a movie. <laughs>
3: I'll say this for it. It was not as boring as the first one.
1: It was I, not as boring, but the people in this one were a lot less likable.
3: Yes. If you were to substitute boring for cringy one for one, mm.
1: you'd have the ratio about right. Right. Like uh, Harry Coleman, the little brother. Okay. In the original one, he's like this sweet little kid. He, you know, i I just want to be her friend, that whole thing. And this one, the kid is a little douche. I mean... I
2: think he's like, a little more realistic as a as a child in this one than in the other one. Yeah. He's more of a two-dimensional goody-goody in the first one, whereas he's more of like an actual kid in this one.
3: Yeah, but Especially a kid of the time that this is made in.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. But it seemed like, honestly, after the first 20 minutes when uh, Lindsay Lohan and Anna Coleman is complaining that everybody's against her, she's got kind of a case that everyone's kind of treating her like a real bitch. I mean, it's...
2: And that's kind of what they show as her mother takes over her life. but She realizes, oh my God, my daughter's not full of shit.
0: Yeah, like the Stephen Tobolowsky character.
2: Yeah, Mr. Bates.
1: That actually was a pretty damn good scene.
0: Who's very much
3: out together
1: yeah wait a second my mother dated you
3: or he tried to date
1: that's true yeah i
3: think the thing that was super awkward for me is i enjoyed jamie lee curtis until she started pretending to be a teenager
2: oh i thought she did a good job at that
3: uh i it got so much cringe as far as i was concerned given between the two which one would you take Oh, for sure. It's it's better than the original, but so are most of my bowel movements. And they also take an hour and a half. <laughs> Good night. Too <laughs> much. Too much.
2: Sir, sir, I have seen your bowel movements. You are no Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> You're
3: on fire. Yeah,
0: but she's got Activia on her side.
2: <laughs>
0: and she's, yeah. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed this movie.
2: Yogurt joke. I-
0: <laughs> I I I had fun with this movie. I was set out to not like it from the get go, and uh, I actually found myself enjoying it. I it yeah. I mean, it was it was Disney and it was kind of silly and over the top, but it was still fun. So I guess I didn't see all the cringiness and whatnot that you guys did. Like,
1: I don't know. I I think it was so they wanted. The little brother to be such a little jerk, the entire thing at the very end when he's telling grandpa that he's a he's an old fart. I would never say that to my grandfather.
3: Yeah, and I think Mike's got it right. As far as I'm concerned, none of the characters were likable with the exception of Lindsay Lohan when she was in her own body. When she switches, I I even started to sour on her. I don't know, Mark Harmon, Ryan? think
2: yeah, Mark thought, Harmon's character. Was, okay, yeah. fair. He was pretty good with well, the... Grandpa I'm not, was pretty good.
1: Grandpa like and Mark Harmon. You know what, honestly, because their whole thing was, I don't know what the hell's going on, I'm just going to ignore it until it stops. Which, as a man living in a house full of women, that is a great way to live your life. <laughs> That's also how I got through the first movie this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and Mark Harmon was just generally
1: a nice guy.
2: And Jake was a good kid.
1: Jacob, and Jacob. I, I won't lie. At one point during this movie, I, I was disagree, going,
2: I disagree no, with the analysis that everybody's a bad person in this movie. No, no, okay. Not everyone. Like, see, I disagree.
1: I, I
3: don't think they're necessarily bad people. I just didn't find them likable characters. Aside from some of the minor
1: characters, you're right. At one point, I really wanted to see well, Chad Michael Murray, Jake. I was in the cop where uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis comes to the coffee shop, and I was really like, go Jake. You're going <laughs> to score Jamie Lee Curtis, man. Good on you.
2: I mean, there were, there were many, many things in this movie that could have been much more cringy and awkward if they had pursued them. But mm-hmm. luckily, you know, I, I, I'm like, I know that they're not going to go down the route of she's going to have to marry this guy in her mother's body and all that kind of stuff. And they're not going to have Jake make out with her mother. Well,. While- <laughs> Oh, you know, while Abby's in her, or Anna's in her head and all this kind of crap. That was but something I was well, worried about. They were with skirting the a line a couple times.
3: For sure. Like millions of points to Jake for being willing to like, hey, if this is going to disrupt a family unit, which I'm trying to become a part of, let's call it off.
1: Yeah. Good on Jake.
2: And even he was like, I'm not really looking for anything other than just a friendship. You know, I just want to get to know her. and blah, 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 You know?
3: Yeah. And
2: right. It could have been really weird to be like, you know. I tried to bang your mom, and and then I realized, oh, maybe I should bang you instead. That's what we're setting up for, you know.
0: That's if they made it next year. Now, see, that's something
1: you 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 brought back to mind because, like, when in the in the very first one, when John Aspin was like, "Hey, why don't why don't you why don't you wear that black slinky thing that you got going on there?" And and then for a moment there, when she called called him on the phone, called him daddy, I'm like, "Shit,
2: oh, yeah, he's gonna come. <laughs> home.
1: This whole movie's gonna go south because he's gonna come home for a nooner." <laughs> And then, then it's Taxi Driver all over again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that opens up a whole new bad world for Disney. <laughs> They're gonna play the Always Sunny song, "Don't Diddle Kids." <laughs> but yeah, remember
3: so. pedophilia? <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Remember Taxi Driver? Remember?
1: I don't know where to take this anymore. (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, it while it was definitely. I don't want to say I don't even want to go as far to say better than the original. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this one more because I like Jamie Lee Curtis.
3: Yeah. Whereas I'll go from the other angle. It was better than the original because I hated it less. I thought it was better. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I thought it was better than than the original because it had it had more heart. It had a better pacing and storytelling, and I just I enjoyed the characters a little more. They weren't quite so paper thin. There was a little bit more depth to them.
2: And I thought they they both did a good job of acting like the other one. I know I know that Josh disagrees,
3: but yeah, it, it just fell flat for me.
2: I mean, it was more like a thing you could just kind of see in the eyes of both of them. I thought they I thought they pulled it off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought Lindsay Lohan did a much better job of playing an adult than – no, I won't say that because I better guess not say Foster that. did all right. But.
3: Oh, and that's the thing is it's not that I'm saying this was just as bad or even worse. I'm saying this was better and it wasn't good enough to qualify for good in my opinion.
2: Right. No, I know where you're coming from. I mean, you, you have the first one deep in the muck and this one is just a little bit above the muck. But or pro- possibly still in the top layer of muck. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. about right. <laughs> but I mean, I actually, despite itself, enjoyed the first one. Um, I don't know if it was just because I like Jodie Foster, but um, it might have been.
0: Well, but, but I like Jodie Foster, too, but I didn't find myself into it. I just did. I couldn't. I could not get into that first, the original.
2: Yeah, I actually enjoyed this one, this this version. Believe it or not. I mean, it was just enough goofiness and just enough, you know, it wasn't too over the top and, it, you know, and did kind of the same thing as far as, you know, each of them learning how to see, you know, the other's lives, you know, walk a mile in their shoes kind of thing.
0: But it was smarter and it didn't, it didn't resort to the half an hour zany Benny Hill ending.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to figure out how they were gonna like you know put uh put Jamie Lee Curtis on stage to play the guitar and make it you know and then having her play it behind the scenes I was like, okay, then that, that actually makes sense, yeah, I'll buy that, yeah,
1: but they did they did
0: cop out with the same ending,
2: yeah, true
0: with uh was it grandpa and the little boy
2: yeah But you know, i mean they, they ha- that that's they have to have a disney type ending you know they they
1: it's a Disney movie, yeah. And someone really needs to rein in Pepe's mom.
2: I mean, how many? She's
1: apparently she's just like wandering around giving these goddamn cookies. to
2: everybody. I think that's the real thing that we need to explore in both of these movies. Why does this woman have access to this kind of power?
1: Well, in the first one, we didn't. It, it was just they said the same thing at the same
2: well, time. Okay, yeah. Okay. So why does this woman have this kind of power? Like, is she some kind of interdimensional wizard? she's well, some kind of god sort more about her
0: she, she's a reject from <laughs> big
3: trouble in little china i was going <laughs> to guess she was the ex-wife of the guy who sells magwai out of his shop
1: oh, there <laughs> you go oh my god and how many remember of these remember cookie- gremlins <laughs> how many of these does she have
2: how many? Yeah, does she make the fortune cookies does she have a limited supply does she know where to get them like, cause I mean, this is, like, these are all unanswered questions. Damn soul, it. Basically.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean,
2: that's pretty powerful mojo.
1: I mean, and then what if, what if the kid and the grandpa switch and then like grandpa has a heart attack and everyone's trying to figure out why the hell the seven year old had a heart attack.
2: Oh my God. Could you imagine being that kid? You got like 80 years of experience to, to live a life through. Oh, he's going to be,
3: we got to find this lady.
2: Yes. Oh, that switch myself into a baby. Oh, forget it.
3: No, that kid, he gets, I'm going to
2: tra- go live with Josh and Sarah and make them change my diaper.
3: I don't like this anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> remember, remember my dirty
1: diapers, Josh? Remember? <laughs> Just, I mean, think if, imagine if it was the, uh, the, the, you know, at the end, the kid and the grandpa getting switched. The grandpa's 70, 80 years old. He's less than 10. Suddenly he has, his entire life has been skipped. And now you're facing death.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Whereas grandpa's got his whole life ahead of him. He's like, he's trying to yeah. kill the, the little kid so he can <laughs> <keep> his life. <laughs> the how is.
2: fucked up would it be, though? Like that, that 10-year-old is in the grandpa's body and he goes back to being a 10-year-old later and he just he's so fucked up in the head. He's like, I know what's coming. <laughs>
1: oh, how about that for a movie? They switch bodies and then the grandpa tries to kill. Yeah, you're describing a much better movie than either <laughs> of the ones we watched. I mean that would be. I mean that would be your body switch, and then the the older guy goes into the younger body, and then tries to kill the old one by scaring him. So he's like the whole movie. He's like jumping out of boxes and shit.
3: Oh, I, I was thinking of going much
1: darker. Well, I'm, it's it's a Disney <laughs> movie, so you got to be a little. I think we got something here. Parrot Trap Two Jigsaw. <laughs> nice. The parent trap is actually a bear trap. You know, the old man goes back into the kid's body and suddenly he's like trying to screw everything. Wait,
0: parent trap. Freaky Friday. We were, we were I to was
3: just talking yesterday about how for years I mixed those movies up. <laughs> like if you force me to describe the differences between them, I could, but otherwise, yeah, there's just a the, mash of Disney
2: crap. Then the crossover movie, freaky parents.
1: Have we done freaky Friday? We
2: just did Freaky Friday.
1: No, I mean, we're doing it at the moment. <laughs> remember Freaky Friday? No, it was so terrible. Apparently not. Did we do Parent Trap? Like, no.
2: We're wrapping up Freaky Friday right now, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Record time for Mike to forget a show.
1: <laughs> In the middle of awesome. it. <laughs> All right, so you want to do... Th- I, I can't wait for this one. Thumbs up, thumbs down on these? Well,
3: I, this is no surprise. Thumbs down for both for me. It's not even an interesting thing to hear from me at this <laughs> point. Pat, Joel, or Joel. Uh,
0: well, I'm I'm gonna go <sighs> for Barbara Harris and the dog. I'm gonna go a half a thumb up on the original, and on this one, I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna go thumbs up on this one. So, how many thumbs does it get just for having a basset hound?
2: That's true. Uh, That that was right in Joel's wheelhouse.
1: uh, Well, I'm
0: still going to give it half a thumb, but Barbara Harris just secured that position.
2: He's just going to put half a thumb up the basset Hound.
1: (laughs) Fisting is my Hmm. first base.
0: Remember when I kicked your ass?
1: (laughs) No,
2: because it didn't happen. (laughs) Right?
0: Shut up, Pat.
1: Pat?
2: I would actually, I, I have the same results as Joel. Half a thumbs up for the first one and a full thumbs up for the second one. I I just, I didn't expect to enjoy it, and I kind of did. I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm going like to buy it or own it or even watch it ever again. But, I mean, I did enjoy it.
1: I'm giving half a thumbs up. I'm giving one thumbs up total. <laughs> and splitting half a thumbs up for both of them. You know, the first one... 70s 70s disney everyone's smoking everyone's drinking everyone's a dick
2: uh and everything takes twice as long to do
1: exactly unless of course you're fast forwarding the uh the film and then you cannot figure out why that girl did not get arrested for driving her car all the way through town being chased by four police cars
2: they wonder why they have to use fast you know the 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 double speed all the time and say well stop spending 20 minutes doing normal things
1: there you go right Yep. Second one, half a thumb up. I enjoyed it because of Jamie Lee Curtis and Mark Harmon, kind of. So that's...
2: Lindsay Lowen was good, too. She was all right. I, I like her as an actress, despite herself. Oh, and I wanted to say one last thing. um, Mrs. Schmaus, what a bitch.
1: What? In the old one or the new one? The old one. Oh, the... The, house,
2: the, the housekeeper lady. Oh, yeah. I would... I was ecstatic when they fired her. I was, I was much more invested in that than I thought. Like, by the time they she finally fired her, I'm like, "Fuck yes!" Together. Fuck. <laughs> like, all right. I'm just, I'm just listening to her bitch. I'm like, "Why do you even hire this woman? Why do you Why do you employ her?"
1: Because she will do Windows.
2: She won't do anything else.
0: <laughs> she might be doing John Aston. Oh, uh, Remember sex? <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right Ooh, <laughs> i don't <laughs> on that note let's go out with a high a high note what are we doing next week joel
0: Ah, uh, uh, next week begins my favorite time of year October. dumbest name ever uh, hey. first, <laughs> first show frankenstein's we're doing mary shelley's frankenstein from 1984 versus the recently released victor frankenstein from 2015
2: starring one daniel radcliffe
3: Yes. Indeed. And yeah, if you want to uh, give us a little bit of feedback about anything that happened this September or uh, maybe you have some opinions about Freaky Friday or Dick Van Patten, you can always give us a call. at 708-NOW-RAP. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven.
1: Right. All you again, if you're looking for our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberries, Stitcher Talk True, Podverse FM, Noon FM, and all sorts of podcasting things. Epiretti. Epiretti. Yes. What? <laughs> uh, Atasabah. Um, <laughs> it means. What am I drinking? It means what am I drinking? That's exactly right. All right, so everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Remember the outro? <laughs> Remember Pat Woman again? <laughs>
0: How drunk is Mike? Have we done Freaky Friday before?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I meant parent trap, damn it.
3: That's quite possibly the greatest thing ever.
2: (laughs) Yes, we're wrapping it up right now, Mike.
3: It's like you and Pat switched bodies. Wait a minute. I'm just now